Welcome to beautiful downtown Lexington, Kentucky. It's about uh, 9 o'clock on Wednesday, September 25th, 2019. This is episode three of our podcast. We're excited to say that we're finally, finally, finally on Apple Podcasts. So you can subscribe to us on iTunes, the place where most people go to get their podcasts. Joe? What are you slipping on tonight? Well, just like last week, I'm staying with Southern Tier. I feel like they do really well with pumpkin beers. So I am drinking Warlock, which is their Imperial Pumpkin Stout. It is delicious. Uh, we are both a little jet-lagged. You literally, me figuratively, uh, really been burning the midnight oil today, but we're happy to bring this episode to you. JB will be traveling next week, so we are cutting this a week early. JB, let's get to it. Alrighty. Like Joe said, I've been uh, in San Antonio for the first part of this week. I'll be in Atlanta twice next week. Uh, I think our goal is to try to do this uh, every two weeks, maybe every week. We'll see how it goes. But we wanted to go ahead and take this opportunity to go ahead and bring you another edition. We've been getting great feedback. Please remember, we want to do a viewer's question, or viewers, but a listener's questions, or uh, Q&A, help desk, whatever you want. So you can uh, email us. Joe, what's the email address? We're at letsgettoitpod at gmail.com. You can also send us messages on Instagram, Facebook, and I believe those are the... And Twitter. Platform. And Twitter. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I don't know how I almost forgot that. There we go. So, as you remember, our first segment is Across the Board, and that's where we do a win, place, and show of uh, things that are going on, uh, human events, human interests, current events, all those fun things. So, I'll go ahead and start with our wins. Uh, happy for the Yankees, Twins, Astros, Braves, Cardinals, and Dodgers. Playoff bound. Playoff bound. We've got, it's hard to imagine that the summer's over. I guess the first day of fall was earlier this week. And so we're ready for playoff baseball. Love those Cardinals. We were really, we were really just twiddling our thumbs early in the season. They fired their coach. They did. It's just what a what a comeback it's been for them. Yeah, they actually uh, Matheny was last year. Uh, they oh, had right. uh, uh, Schilt this year, but you're right. They were idling. They were 44 and 44 at the break. But you and I are both big Cards fans. Uh, I went to college in St. Louis, so it's good to see them get back into the playoffs for the first time in three years. So it's been a little bit, especially they took, they swept the Cubs last weekend. Always happy when they can beat the Cubs. I think it's a good TV execs have to be extremely happy with these teams. They're in big markets. They're popular across the board teams. Uh, so it'll be a look forward to fun playoffs and fun World Series. And it, Well, and it's fun to see the Twins and the Braves, who are a smaller market, which you don't think Atlanta being a smaller market, but in terms of baseball, it is. So you got the underdogs, the up-and-comers, versus the mighty giants on the on the coasts. So I think, like you said, it's going to be a, a great playoffs. Yeah, and you talked about Matheny. There's rumors that he's going to be hired by a cross-state rival, the Royals. I think that'd be a good hire. He's a good coach. It was just time for a change for both parties. So I think both organizations would be okay with him going to Kansas City. He did do one of those spectacular things of he followed. You never want to be the coach that follows 
a great a le- coach, a legend, you yeah. know, a World Series, multiple World Series winning coach, a coach. So uh, he did have big shoes to fill and did a good job for a while. But his his first time ever coaching a team, before. right? And yeah. he's still relatively young. I believe yeah. he's mid forties. Uh, he's a lifelong baseball guy. I think he'd be great in Kansas City. Jimmy, right. how about your win? My win for the week. You and I, Oktoberfest, both big winners at Oktoberfest. As you all know, I call bingo on Fridays. The first winner of my first game calling bingo, JB. I don't know if I was the first. I was oh, you were the second. Yeah. yeah, but, but my winning, my win though, I had to split with four people. So True. I, so but I think it's the first time I ever won at bingo. Won twenty five dollars. Hey, it wins a win. It's Our 25. friend Michaela, who is celebrating her birthday, though, won like almost a hundred. And and a few friends that were there as well. Uh, what you said, Emily, she won over a hundred, hundred fifty the first match. I paid, I paid for red. her. I paid for her a uh, dollar on that one. She so. gave you a cut. Uh, yeah, she gave me a few beers at Oktoberfest. Hey, yeah, feeling it after a few. I tell you that that'll yes. that'll that'll be good. So big win for you, and me. I my win for that weekend. I went up. I won twenty six dollars in blackjack. So same to you. Like I don't know if I've ever really left there with positive money. Most of it usually just goes to the dealer and the beers. But I walked well, home. As you said, it's going to the kids. It's, it's for the children. To God, to the church. Uh, but yeah. now that I have a child, that $26 needs to probably go to my child this time. <laughs> I, I donated my time on Friday, so I feel like that was sufficient. But There you go. Uh, I, I was disappointed, though. As the evening progressed on, it seemed like the same amount of players were playing, but the totals kept getting lower, so there were some freebies. Well, if you, if you heard me call out a few people, I believe that people, some people were not putting their hand up to pay each game that, yeah. so it is Ain't what that. it is. I was, I was playing 10 cards a game. Wow. So you can make a career of it. <laughs> not quite. But, uh, fortunately, I had uh, one of our previous friends, uh, P.S., that was there to help uh, producer, yeah, yes. our new, our third producer. We're a two-person podcast of three producers, and I kind of did some producing earlier as well. <laughs> yeah. So really, uh, just if if you want to put in a resume, we need a producer. Is really how things are. Literally, going. the blind leaving the leading the blind over here. <laughs> it is. Luckily, I feel like this is the best sounding one thus far. We'll have to get some feedback on that. So hot but, mic. Yeah, please let us know. A lot of people are really good about texting, emailing. Instagram letting us know what's happening, so we appreciate that. I have another win, JB, and Great. this is uh, actually pretty interesting. North Lime Donuts is celebrating their seventh birthday. I'm a huge North Lime guy. It's on my way to school, and you're probably saying, well, what's that have to do with a win? Well, every day this week, they've been having donuts that are popular at their uh, bakery go head-to-head with each other, mm. and the customers are voting. So every day this week, if you go to either location, downtown uh, or on Clay's Mill, you can vote, and uh, they're announcing on Friday at the Clay's Mill location the winners from every day. Wow. But interesting story uh, about North Lime Donuts is I actually worked with, uh, some of you know this, I worked at Starbucks when I was going back to school at UK. I needed a job in the mornings, so I worked there. The owner of North Lime Donuts, Joe Ross, also worked there with me, but it doesn't end there. Also, Nathan Polly of Nate's Coffee was also an employee. So a, a real super team was, was there probably in circa 2010, 2011. And then we obviously went on to bigger and better things in Starbucks at Nick and New. 
Lots of things brewing there. <laughs> Literally. Yep. So, and I know you're a big Starbucks guy, but Nick and New was never your spot. Never really saw you come through our drive-thru. No. Uh, not a big drive-thru guy for Starbucks, and that's that's an extremely hard location to get to um, if, you, if you aren't in that neck of the woods. I'll tell you what, Lindsay finds a way to get there every day. So it's not in her. It's not not on her way to school. Nor is it easy to get to. But somehow every central bank statement, there's Starbucks every day almost. She's been I'm better. She's been better. Very partial to the uh, Ashland Ashland Starbucks and Chevy Chase. I think our first one. See my father-in-law there sometimes. Yep, I do. And we have a downtown. We have two downtown now within a block of me. The original one, maybe the second one that's on sure. uh, Broadway and. Caddy Corner to yep. Rupp Arena. Exactly. And now the new uh, city center building has a fake Starbucks in it. Next to the uh, Keeneland Mercantile. Mm-hmm. I have not yet been to that one. Have you? Yes. I have almost every day. Wow. Yeah. Good for you. Yeah. That's where I'm going to give you my PSLs. Big PSL. Guy. Yeah. Pumpkin beers, pumpkin lattes. I'm all in iced. I like the iced. JB, my place uh, this week is West Six Farm. So the best times, in my opinion, to go to Wessex Farm out near Frankfurt are spring and fall. The weather is a lot more conducive. It can get really hot, not a lot of coverage area out there. They are having on Saturday Fall uh, Makers Market. There are free art fests from 12 to 8. I love getting a chance to go out there. They have about half the beers they have at the tap room. It's a great time. Love what they got going on out there. Connor, you've been out there with me to the the farm what do you think about it yeah no i like it a lot i mean they got some what, hiking trails back throughout there um kind of open scenery definitely definitely a good place to go to a couple tvs yeah so have you That's, been out there oh, we've yeah. been out there we've been out there together actually yeah. it's it's quite a task to, to get there. sure but i know a lot of people you could take the family uh, all that fun stuff well, i really like that about all the breweries in lexington is they make them family friendly especially now with Bo. we have a lot of friends with kids they offer opportunities for them to run around, have some space, and West Six is great about providing that for their patrons. Cool. Uh, my place is the Midnight Madness Camp Out. Yeah. yeah. So it's that time Tense of year. Yeah. Uh, I've never done it. Have, have any of you all done that? I have not. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, I have not. Kyle, you did it at Florida. Yeah, uh, I haven't done it here and stuff. It seems a lot bigger and stuff here because we at Florida just do it for games, especially bigger games like Verse Kentucky. Um, but yeah, up here it's crazy to see for, you know, for you know before the season started that they get this excited and stuff up here that it's it really shows you that this is such a basketball town like this whole town revolves around this team and it's it's something really cool to see from an outsider. Yeah, and for some for some of our people that are listening that may not be in Lexington or Kentucky, but this is a camp out that lasts a week to ten days. It's for free tickets to. Midnight Madness, so a, a, a glorified pep rally. Yeah, uh, a basketball practice, but before they've had even had a chance to practice officially. Uh, but it's in Rupp Arena. It's a, there's great production value from it. You've probably seen it on the SEC Network. Uh, so, it other radio shows in Lexington have talked about how it maybe has lost its luster because of construction, new building on campus. There isn't as much room to camp out as as there used to be, and they've capped. I think it's always been pretty suspect of, it seemed like my friends that went, there was always one person who was there the whole time and then other people rotated in and out. And so, but, uh, so, but it's neat to drive down Euclid or Avenue of Champions and see 
Uh, right now, it's just the chairs, and then at some point, the tents will go up. Right. I don't know the exact timing. I have not done the camping aspect, but I have gone to uh, Big Blue Madness. I've gone once. I feel like once is enough. Mm-hmm. I went Josh Harrelson's year, big big mm-hmm. year for him. So George, George. Yeah, it was really enjoyable. The just to see it live and in person. I know you and I have watched it together on TV on a Friday night before. I can understand why I feel like it's tapering off a little bit, but still, it's great if you're a diehard UK fan. It gives you an opportunity to really get to see the team up close and personal, and really celebrate. Kentucky basketball. Well, it gives you opportunities to people that may not be afford the season tickets and things like that. It gives them an opportunity to get behind the team and be able to do something. Right. And the, the one thing I do know about it, there are a lot of regulars from year to year, and it's almost their annual thing that they enjoy doing. They see people maybe that come from opposite ends of the state. They get to reconnect, talk about the upcoming season, and especially with our players, you really got to look at the roster, look at their pictures to understand who's coming in and who's left. So I think it really, similar to football here, the people that all sit together in their clusters around Commonwealth, I think the tents at uh, outside um, camp out are similar to, to that experience. Exactly. All right, how about what's your show for this week? As we've talked about on this before, we have been together, three of us, Luke Combs just announced this week he is coming back to Rupp Arena. Yeah. Woo! Huge Luke Combs fan. February 14th. Tickets go on sale this Friday. I didn't really know if I wanted to send that out because I know you and I are going to be trying to get tickets immediately. Ashley McBride will be opening. We've also seen her at Red, White, and Boom. What's your favorite Luke Combs song? I like this the new one right now, the uh, Ice Cold Long Neck Bottle. Oh, Never Let, Beer Never, Never Broke My yeah, Heart. Yeah. That's, that's a yeah. good one for you. Uh, I like the new one. He has uh, one too many. Oh yeah, the new, oh, the new, so, new one. So we have the alcoholic good. side of the table with yes, all the yes. drinking songs. And JP, cheers to that. Kyle, I, I know you also <laughs> like Luke Combs. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna have to go with uh, Hurricane. I'm not a drinker at all. I know that's Joan Soda. That's so. the OG. <laughs> that's uh, Joseph Tyson Garrett's and my go-to karaoke song is Southland Bowling Alley. Haven't done it in a while. Might need to resurrect that. A couple lesser-known ones that people might not know. I, I love "Must Have Never," uh, "Must Have Never Met You." It's fabulous. And then everyone knows "Beautiful Crazy," but he does a version "Crossroads" with Leon Bridges that I think is fantastic. It is an acquired taste, but I think it's really great. And then my favorite currently, the new one, "Refrigerator Door," where he talks about the different things on his refrigerator and what they mean to him. A little sentimental value because Lindsay and I are big refrigerator magnet announcement people i got that from my mother don't blame me jb's <laughs> laughing over here well and, we, and then we've got the uh the probably the most popular one the when it rains it pours yeah when it rains it pours yeah. yeah so oh i don't think he has a bad song right the concerts are fantastic i love that he's the headliner so we'll get a little more extra um of him but I'm looking forward to it. We're 10 a.m. Friday. I'm getting tickets, and I cannot wait. What Appalachian what? State alumni? He's big, oh, really? Yeah. I did not know that. Mm-hmm. Huh? I have a former coworker who, the App State grad, who was in one of the early videos. He would just awesome. kind of show what? up with a camera crew around Boone and and shoot some B-roll, and that what? would be his. Uh, <laughs> His, well, and then I think he then he moved to Asheville because I knew that's where he kind of got discovered was Asheville uh, bopping around there. He also was the big proponent of Vine, and there's a really cool YouTube video of him 
all his Vine videos spliced together, yep. where he covers a lot of different artists and some of his songs that have become hits before they were anything. He he plays on there. So we also speaking of shows, we kind of we kind of immediately dated ourselves last episode oh because we talked about these secret concert series that are going out the opera yes. house, mm-hmm. and we and there was one going on as we were recording, and it was. Um, those people from Rascal, Flats. Rascal, Rascal Flats. Flats. Yeah. And the then Connor and I went boy to... Boy Band t- of Country. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Connor and I went to Tin Roof mm-hmm. after the re- recording. Wow. And there was... A, a Wednesday nights is kind of a huge college night because they do karaoke. So are you two doing And then... <laughs> because we're regulars. Drinking a, drink <laughs> a few pictures. Um, Thanks for being a regular. And then they do a live power hour. Jordan English, our favorite... Why would you not? When you have to work Thursday. In Lexington. In my younger days, went to a lot more. Very, very <laughs> sporadic. Occasional now. And I don't think they ever even got to Live, live Power Hour because karaoke was going so on. But anyway, yeah, long story that. short, there were an interesting cross section of people there because there were people le- coming from the Rascal Flats concert. <laughs> there was also an international convention of fire inspectors in town last wow. week. And, a and real I good emphasis on the international because uh, <laughs> Connor and I uh, got into what I would say a bullshit headlock mm. with a fire inspector from Edmonton, Alberta. Wow, Canadian. He was fascinated to, that I knew I had been to Edmonton before. Connor also told him that we had recorded a podcast that night. Which was true. It wasn't lying to him. So he then pulled out his phone. and You weren't the bullshitter. Nope. No. He pulled out his phone and fumbled around. He goes, how do I subscribe? So I went to Spotify and hit subscribe. So if said fire inspector from the Great White North is listening tonight, how about you, eh? And thanks for the pitcher of beer. Appreciate you. Oh, yes, wow. which yeah. we didn't drink. So, we, we had, so, we so it's safe to say our podcast has gone international. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah. Only third episode. That might oh, be yeah. a record. Across yeah. the world. Three episodes in. Yeah. Well, two. Yeah. So third, yeah. <laughs> Look at us. So my show is, I'm really excited about it. I'm not quite sure. I'm not quite sure about all these 80s and 90s reboots that they're doing. Same. Um, some of them have seemed to be pretty good. Some of them have kind of have kind of uh, fluttered Fizzle. away, fizzled out. But the Saved by the Bell reboot yeah. that's going to be on the NBC app. Very oh. excited about it. Um, I think at this point only Mario Lopez and uh, Jesse have have signed on. Elizabeth Berkeley. Yeah, Elizabeth Berkeley. Yep. Hmm. And I also saw tonight uh, as I was on the plane watching the TV on your. Delta Screen. Oh, look at you. Mario Lopez, the new host of Access Hollywood. Yes. Uh, had a he must have had rotator cuff surgery or something. He had a I did see that thing in, on, yeah. his, on his arm. But so hopefully Slater will be back in tip top shape, which he obviously has stayed in very good shape. That'll be fabulous. Let me real quick touch on it. I fly a Legion. We don't get TVs in the back of our seats, so if you pay the fifteen dollar upgrade per flight, then you might get one. Oh, yeah. <laughs> love that. Flying in style. Answer. Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, and um, you know I've been hearing about that, and I heard supposedly that Mark Paul Gosselaar was not um, asked to be on it. Um, they claim that it was because they figured he'd be too busy for it. Um, he's got a new show coming out, Mixed Dish. But um, you know it would be really great. He was actually at, in Lexington um, back in March. Um, well, for, yeah, were you telling me about this? Yeah, he was he was uh, here for the Lexington Comic Con, um, and apparently I didn't get a chance to meet him. 
Um, I was offered to be a photographer um, for the weekend, but uh, with my vision problems, I think that would be a terrible idea when people are paying a lot of money for a photograph. I don't think really that have a photo Sir, up, up up center, here, but, um, but I've, I've heard from all the people who um, got to meet him. Turn around, sir. You know, I've, I've heard from all the people that got to meet him that the one guy who did end up photographing that, he was the nicest guy in the world, just down to earth um, and stuff like that. So like I said, it's, it's cool. I hope that, you know, he can make it work, that he can be back on Save the Bell because, you know, growing up, I'm sure all of us were huge fans of the show. And, I mean, if you take out certain people, it's just not the same. It's that whole dynamic of all the characters. I so. mean, if he has time to come to Lexington Comic Con, <laughs> he has time to be on the save right. by the bell. Reboot. I think it's a battle. Should we go back to the battle of the network stars from back in the day? They've tried he, to do that, too. Well, but, he's, uh, he's on an opposite network, so I think that's more of what it is right. than him being too busy. Yeah. But get Lark Vuries back on there, and I'll be all about it. At least Turtle. I mean, I mean she, she initially, she was the one that had success because she became a sub So Oh, she did. See, I thought she was the one that... Dropped off the face of the earth. Uh, she ha- she hasn't come back for any of the re- the reunions or appearances. But initially, right after Saved by the Bell, she was on one or two soap operas, and so she really, well, I guess um, Elizabeth Berkeley was making that Showgirls. Yes. Oh. Yeah. Kyle knew that. Kyle knew that one real real quick. That was a quick answer. So a quick trivia: What was the what was the show the previous show that led into Good Morning Miss Bliss? Yeah. Mm-hmm. There you go. I, yep. I would dominate. Say by the Bell with, trivia. With Milo? Yes, Milo. Absolutely. absolutely. And uh, I don't... Who was Miss Bliss's roommate? She had a roommate, too, but... She had a roommate? Yeah, yeah. it was a really peppy girl. I don't, I, don't, I don't know why she needed a roommate, because, yeah. I mean, she had done uh, the, what's it called, movie when she was the original. Parent Trap. Yeah, mm-hmm. so... Anyway, that's our win play show for the week. Let's go ahead and take a break, and we will be back with our new segment. All right, so now it's time for New Circle. We're going to change up this segment a little bit based on some feedback that we've gotten. We kind of think we got a little ambitious with talking about world, national, state, and local, and really that's not going to appeal to all of our listeners. So we have a new idea. We'll still call it New Circle, but it kind of divides. It doesn't divide a city. It's kind of a separator of the city, and I don't mean that in a bad way, but we all live inside New Circle Road, and then kind of the suburbs are outside New Circle Road. So based on your family growing, where you move, your houses, school districts, things like that, either inside or outside New Circle. So we're going to make that the segment. We'll talk about inside, so things that are local to Lexington, and outside, some things that maybe have a broader appeal to things. So for this week, when we talk about inside New Circle, we're going to talk about our top three favorite local beers. Is that right, Joe? Yes, and it's beers you can get at bars, restaurants, liquor stores, etc. not going to the brewery. So okay. you and I are out at dinner, and we're deciding a beer we want to have. It's one that's always on tap, or you know that's typically available. So the one that you can get without having to go to the brewery. So most of the staples of the major breweries in Lexington – and we want to keep it all the breweries inside New Circle. So we're not talking about all the other uh, breweries that have come into Lexington recently, whether from Cincinnati, California, etc. So why don't you start? Because I think you're going to hit probably all the highlights. Do you want me to do rattle off my top three? I'm going to go just my top one, and we can kind of go off of it. Let's or? do your top one. So okay, we'll, and then uh, my, the OG. Or do you want to do yeah. shotgun? It's shotgun. Mean, well, it's shotgun. No, I meant the shotgun or the rattlesnake, you know, draft. <laughs> oh, we can do a draft. Yeah. All right. First pick, shotgun wedding. Um, that was Lindsay's uh, bride's mm-hmm. beer at our wedding. 
it is a staple. It is always in my fridge. It is always at every tailgate. It's the OG. It is the easiest drinking darker beer around vanilla brown ale. I love it. I could drink it every day. I'm actually drinking one right now. That would be my top choice too, but I don't know how, how thank, you for, I let, thank you for letting me have one A, so I'll go one B, so Cougar Bait. Used to be my top top one. That was kind of uh, it was a country boys signature beer from the beginning. It's, uh, great it's kind of the OG. Shotgun Wedding probably falls a little behind you're it, right, but you're our right. our tastes are very are pretty similar, and our group of friends were just big Shotgun Wedding fans. But but Cougar Bait is the tried and true. If I had someone visiting town, I would always push them towards the Cougar Bait uh, as their as the beer to choose. It's also a great beer for people who don't really know how to get into the craft beer when they go somewhere they don't know what's happening or what to choose. So that's a good one to choose. I also wanted to say with Cougar Bait, you know how I like to take Cougar Bait. It's my morning beer. I mean, not morning before school, but weekends. If we're having to get to Tin Roof for a UK noon tip, we had to get there at 9 a.m. JB, what am I sipping on with my Cougar Bait? Orange juice and, orange juice and Cougar Bait. Yeah, so, my um, man Mosa. My man Mosa. So yeah. good man Mosa. Cougar Bait's the best for a man Mosa. Yeah, well, pretty much my number one go-to is by far Cougar Bait. I'm not really into, like, the big, heavy, dark beers yet, I'm, even though I'm still young. And, still but, young but if if I go to, you know, let's say Drake's or if I go to, you know, Shamrock's, I'm getting a Cougar Bait. Um, I'll go ahead and go with the second one, so we'll yeah, stick we'll it out. It. Well, uh, we're leaving Kyle out. We're going to get to Kyle. He's going to talk about his sodas at the breweries, so we'll talk about that in a minute. He's Connor, a big fan of the Pollyanna. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Love that. All right. Well, I'm going to throw a random one. Well, I don't know if it's really random, but uh, I am kind of a big fan of IPAs. Uh, Actually, I believe Joe's the one who actually got me into IPAs. You're welcome. Head tip. So uh, I'm going to go with uh, Cliff Jumper IPA from uh, right down down the street. Yeah, Cherry Avenue, baby. Uh, Yeah, definitely. Uh, It's on most of them. I wouldn't say all of them, but uh, definitely Cliff Jumper IPA is probably my second go-to. It's a good... Regular, just have around regular IPA. IPA. Absolutely. Like it's not too heavy. It's got some flavor to it, and um, it's canned, so you right. can get it. Yeah, exactly. My next one is because I'm pretty much exclusively shotgun wedding, so these other two are, are kind of like <laughs> a little bit of a stretch. stretches. Yeah, stretches. So the West Six Oktoberfest is good. Ooh, yeah. yeah, and it's going to be pretty available during the fall, late summer, fall season. So that would be my next choice. And, and to their credit, they were probably the first in Lexington, maybe outside Blue Stallion, that yeah. really went after an October-type beer. I know we talked about Country Boys last episode. It's solid. I actually picked one up today. I did a mix six. But West Six is, is solid. They also can theirs. It's Like you said, it's very attainable this time of year. I'm gonna, I might shock you all a little bit because we don't go here very often. I'm going to go your damn Skippy from Blue Stallion. Ooh, so okay. in my opinion, that and um, you, me, and Mr. PB from Mirror Twin are the two best peanut butter beers, and I'm a big peanut butter porter guy. However, you can't always find uh, you, me, and Mr. PB. Mirror Twin doesn't really distribute uh, locally. You have to go there to get their beers. So you damn skippy, if I see that on draft, probably not if I'm eating, but if I'm having a beer with you watching a game, that's if I see that beer on there, I'm pretty happy, and I can roll with it. Uh, circle back around, uh, JB. I think you'll agree with this because, like you said, you're exclusively shotgun wedding. But the Cougar Bait with Nacho Bait, 
or key lime cougar. I group those together to hit different moments. They're good, like when it's hot out. I really love a key lime cougar bait. If I want a little spice, nacho bait's always easy drinking. It was Taco Tuesday last night at the Albert household, and I had a nacho bait while cooking, and it tasted delicious. It's great. I think it's when you're going to have a long day at Country Boy or someplace to start with a nacho bait is good because it you can't drink it fast. Right. It gives you some spice. The one the one disadvantage though is it will give you wing sting the next day. <laughs> Speaking from experience. Yes, lots of experience. Yeah. Hopefully not there. That bathroom it's improved because it does have the baby changing table which we like, but I don't think that helps for the wing sting. They do have great. Um, I forget what's the company that distributes the soap dispensers oh, and the paper towels. Yes. Oh, Kimberly Clark or something like that. Because there's our yeah. orange, yeah. which are, and Mirror mm-hmm. Twin has them too. Yeah. The, real uh, No, Sivas. Chivas. Chavis? Cisco? Yeah, maybe no, that's it. I don't uh, think so. But they, they have Isn't them, that a computer company? Uh, <laughs> no. They have them down at the uh, Boom Boom Room. Or the, the <laughs> <laughs> the boom Boom. Whoa! Whoa! What no, did I'm you do in about. San Antonio? No. Damn, that's an all ages show. Oh, Cintas. Cintas. Yeah. Cintas. Yeah. Oh, I was kind of. Well, I wasn't. The old fire station down in Samson the District. I was way off. Samson. Yes, you're exactly right. What's that place called? Which one? The Boom Boom Room. <laughs> I was in Jersey Shore. Um, the break room. The break room. Right. There you go. Yeah. yeah. Uh, that so used to be our old Sunday fun day it, uh, place. Yes, it was. So you've gone one, two, and three, correct? So yeah, you were so in the middle, so yeah. it's Connor for the next two. So you, then me. Or, no, no, you, no, no. You, you, you just, already went. It's you. Jamie, you're up. Oh, I just went. So it's your turn. Yeah. So my number three is, um, I just had a total mind bite. So it's probably Dunkel. Uh, from Blue Stallion. Well, Blue Stallion gets some credit here. Well, I know. You know hey. As good as West Six is for the community, I just don't like their beers hardly at all. I don't like any of uh, Mirror Twins IPAs that you're so fond of. So love them. But Dunkel is pretty reliable. It's a good German beer. You know, it's, it's this Oktoberfest time of the season, so um, it's always very reliable. Oh, and to your point, it's always available. Yeah. Most restaurants now, I love that they've gone to local craft beers. Dunkel, pretty much every craft brewery in Lexington is represented in some capacity. And I feel like Blue Stallion's Dunkel is the most represented from them. Yep. All right, for the last one, uh, I might clump them together, but uh, I'm going to go with Kentucky Ale and Kentucky Bourbon Barrel. Ooh, there. I got that down here as, a, as an honorable mention. Go yeah, ahead. So, my, so on my birthday... Uh, well, when I turned 21, I had oh. a bourbon barrel ale down at what used to be uh, Gratz Park uh, in restaurant. Now it's, Excellent. Yeah. Uh, I forgot what it's called now, though. But, um, but yeah, no, I had that distilled. was like one of my first distilled. Yeah, sorry, distilled. Yeah, but uh, yeah, no, I, I kind of like it. It's a little on the heavier side because I mean, obviously when you go and buy it, it's a four pack of the bourbon barrels because they're pretty heavy. But uh, definitely, I think they taste pretty good um, for those two. And that would probably be my third. I'll give Kentucky Ale some credit. They were the first in Lexington to really be successful in the craft beer game. I think what hurt them locally is they tried to push it out more early instead of really getting a following here, which I think opened it up for some of the other breweries. I love a bourbon barrel ale. I go to Malone's. I get one to have with my steak. It is fantastic. I actually had one at Oktoberfest this weekend. Just wanted to change of pace. Love it. And then I do have a bonus beer, a place we have not mentioned, Rock House down uh, Limestone. Their key lime, key lime pie beer is amazing. It's a goza. 
I had it for the first time at uh, the Woodland Art Fair. Mm-hmm. I had about four that day. <laughs> so I really, really enjoyed it. I didn't go to get any other beers. I loved it. When I went downtown for the beer festival a couple weeks ago, I even though I'd already had it, I used some tickets in order to get it. If you have not had it, try it. I don't know how much longer they'll have it with summer coming to a close. We don't get to Rock House often, but if you can find that anywhere, give it a go. Cool. Kyle, do you have some uh, some things you want to add on here? Uh, yeah, just real briefly, you know, you mentioned uh, West 6th, and I think it's great how a lot of breweries around here, you know, they're aware that, although they're places for beer, that, you know, people who are going might have friends who don't drink. Or, or you might have, yeah, or kids or designated drivers or what have you. So or they Kyle's. Want, right, yeah, exactly. Who, you know, just a large kid. Um, <laughs> but, you know, so they, they want to appeal to everybody. I think that's great. Be inclusive. So uh, West 6th always has something on tap. Uh, I once, and I, I never thought I would enjoy this, it was a pomegranate, like, ginger ale, um, which was really good years yeah, ago. Kyle doesn't do fruits and veggies. Yeah, so I just, but, you know, I know whatever they have on tap, and it's always changing, that whatever they have, I'm going to like. So I don't even, like, ask what it is or look at the board to see what is on tap. I said, hey, just give me whatever soda you got now. Um, and also, too, a little insider tip here. If you accidentally break the ale eight bottles at Mirror Twin, <laughs> you get a sticker, um, from what I've heard. <laughs> Not speaking from personal experience or anything like no. that. But, uh, yeah, just a little insider information that I've been told. And, JB, I know you mentioned Mirror Twin. We talked about West Six a, a little bit. A lot of their beers that... Well, Mirror Twin doesn't distribute in terms of them being on draft anywhere, or at least I'm that not I'm not aware of. So I didn't include them, even though, like you said, I really enjoy a lot of their beers. I have to go to Mirror Twin, which I'm fine with because I love it, and Rolling Oven is fabulous pizza. But West Six, most of the things I do like from them, I know you're not a huge fan. Their barrel aged stuff, a lot of their sours, you can only get at their location. So we'd already mentioned the farm, their original location, and the green room downtown, which I hit up every Thursday before. Thursday Night Live. I love their beers. I just don't love a lot of their canned stuff. Yep. So Connor will compile our favorites, and you can vote on our social media throughout the week. If you have if you have beers, local beers that we did not mention, please send those to us via our social media or email, and then we'll go through that listener list on our next episode. Probably most of our listeners have had those beers with me. At some point, but but anyway, if I haven't had a. Hey, we're all the way in Canada, man. Come yeah, on, yeah, right. <laughs> most, all the way, all the way Canada. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So for outside uh, news circle, we have kind of a fun question that we've been throwing about, kind of based on how last week was, last week's topics. But so we're in the SEC. We're in the middle of SEC football. Uh, things, some things have gone our way. Some things haven't gone our way. Some. Teams that we thought would be good aren't, and some, you know, just just real parody all over the place. But here's the fun question. If you could kick one institution, one school out of the SEC, who would that be, and then who would you replace them with? And it has to be, I think we're going to say it has to be another Power Five conference team. We're not going to put oh, yes. Murray State in the SEC or something like that. So Or, or, or Mount St. Joe's, where are they? Yeah, <laughs> maybe just for golf. Yeah, you might know. I I suspect I, I I highly suspect that everyone's school to kick out is going to be Vanderbilt. Mine is not. Okay. Uh, I do have. Well, I had two, but Vandy was my main one. Okay. <laughs> yep. Absolutely. Same oh, here. you guys are all kicking out Vandy? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Right. I, I got I got one addition. All right. When it gets to my turn, I'll explain why I did not. Uh, so I'm Vanderbilt, fine institution, one of our 
best friends went there. It's a mm-hmm. fine school, have lots of cool things, but they don't participate in all the sports. Mm-hmm. And Kyle can can attest this to me. It's kind of like uh, Colorado when they were in the Big Eight and the Big Twelve didn't feel certain sports. So Iowa State doesn't have a baseball team, so I would remove Vanderbilt as my team to remove. Can I just yeah. explain why I would keep Vanderbilt okay. like on, on their behalf? If you look at most, not all, most of the major conferences, they all have that Vandy-type team. Uh-huh. So true. Big Ten has Northwestern. We have um, the Pac-12 has Stanford. Um, the Big 12, which is terrible anyway, but they kind of have got the Baylor TCU-ish. I know they're not on the same academic standards, but they all kind of got those little smaller schools. And then in the ACC – that's where I think if you did kick out Vandy, where they should go. Right. Because you got mm-hmm. the Duke, Wake Forest, mm-hmm. Boston College. So while I, I'm i just saying I kind of get why we have Vandy. And they're an original. They were right. one of the original SEC yep. schools. I can, I, I can understand, but I'm going to politely disagree. So who are you kicking out? Oh, oh okay. I'm going to kick out – I wanted to kick out South Carolina because I hate them. Uh-huh. <laughs> and they were actually a late ad in the 90s. Right. But um, I'm actually going to kick out a newer edition. I'm going to kick out Missouri. And I actually went to college in Missouri. I've been to Mizzou. Some of the nicest people that I've ever tailgated with. But a couple reasons. It doesn't fit geographically. If you look at the actual map of the SEC, it's everything's down here, even Texas A&M, and then you just have Missouri. I think Missouri's a better fit for the Big Ten. I think it would connect. You have them connected with Nebraska, Iowa, going then all the way. So the Big Ten could kind of own that Midwest region. Um, I also don't think they don't really have a tradition. So in the SEC, they create those rivalries, and I don't even know who their rival is. But in the SEC, they're not even in the East. They're the yeah. furthest West school I think is in the SEC, and they're trying to create a rivalry in the uh, SEC. And I don't think it works. Arkansas would make sense as their rival, but Arkansas is in the West, so yeah. that doesn't fit. I just think if I was going to kick out a team, I love Missouri. I love family friends have gone there. But that's who I'm taking out. I think Missouri originally thought that if the Big Ten ever expanded again, that they would be the first team in. I, I absolutely and agree. And I think they kind of hung their hat on that for a long time. And then, and then, and then they took Rutgers. Well, no, Nebraska. Yeah. <laughs> well, Nebraska yeah. and Rutgers. Yeah. Nebraska fits. Nebraska fits. But they went Rutgers just because they were They took Maryland and Rutgers at right, the same time. Right. market. Oh, yeah. that's right. But they wanted the East Coast market. Wanted, You're exactly they got right. the D.C. Absolutely. and New York City Because they were the first com- – Big Ten was the first conference to have their own network. Correct. And so I, I think that was yeah. a huge thing for them to expand their – they wanted to get into New York and, and really expand it because as – Big as people are into football, and then especially that's what it was created for. I know we see the other sports on these networks, but to expand expand their reach, they needed to get to a coast. Kyle, quickly yours. Uh, yeah, so like I said, I, I mean, I had two. Obviously, Vanderbilt was one. As you touched on, they don't have volleyball. They do not have uh, softball. They're the only school in the SEC that does not have either one of those. Also, they don't have uh, track and field for the men, or swimming and diving. Um, so I found that very interesting. They're also a private school. Like, all these other ones are public schools. So, um, you know, they're kind of snooty a lot. Not everybody, but I've met a fair amount of uh, Vanderbilt people who are very snooty, again, because they feel like they're a private school and they're so much better than these southern schools. Um, but also, too, though, you know, this is a conference that prides itself on winning. You know, they always chant for each other, SEC, SEC. So one school has never won a team championship, and that would be our good friends in Stark Vegas, Mississippi State. 
So you're kicking them out there, baby? Yeah, I'm, oh, no, I'm, I'm, giving, I'm giving the Bulldogs the boot. Whoa! Oh, yeah. I thought you were coming with Vandy. No more no, cowbell. Like, no more cowbell. That's fine. After this past weekend, I'm right. fine if we never go oh, back God, there. Oh, brutal. brutal. Yeah. Connor? Uh, yeah, I, I, I kind of agreed with you all. I said Vandy. Vandy would be the one that I would uh, kick out. We already kind of touched on the main points. So. You just want Evan gone. <laughs> no, not, no. <laughs> all right. That's not true. So, Love Evan. Now, all right, who, so, who are you going to add? Who am I going to add? Well, um, I'm going to go with the one where I thought more geographically a team that we should add, and I'm going to go with Clemson. Okay. Wow. I feel like Clemson would be a good ad. I considered them. Um, on a more of like the rivalry because we have like South Carolina, South Carolina, Clemson, um, which they know, already us. play every year. No, exactly. Um, I feel like they'd be kind of a good fit. They have a pretty you know decent sized fan base. They're they're pretty good. Well, obviously, really really good in football, but also fairly decent in basketball as well. And I feel like they'd be good co- competition for us here in UK with that. So, so I feel like wanna, Clemson. You want to add? We we can't. SEC can't do anything with. Alabama every year, and you want to add the best, or we're going to now have the one and two best football programs. You're going to add them in. Oh, 100%. Okay. Yes. And See, well, I'm doing it for more basketball reasons, too, because, okay. I mean, we need, uh, we need uh, to beef up the SEC. Team. Yeah, yeah. I feel like the good mix. And, JB, that's something I considered with mine was I wanted them to be good in basketball so that it would be competitive, but I also did, I wanted to make sure with me kicking out Missouri, that means the team's coming into the East. I wanted it to be someone that would up the conference, but also someone that we would have a chance against like we do against Missouri. So I went ahead and added Florida State. Um, I think it makes a lot of sense. I also considered Clemson and Georgia Tech. Uh, Georgia Tech's going to be terrible at basketball this year, but they, they do kind of fit a little bit in the rivalry. But I went Florida State. I think it's historically they're a better team than Missouri. They have a lot of history, uh, obviously, with Bobby Bowden. They can play basketball. Their their basketball team in the last probably eight to ten years has been very competitive. Leonard Hammer, yeah, one of my favorite coaches. So, yeah. Little super side note: JB and I love texting about <laughs> the retread coaches throughout basketball, and Leonard Hamilton comes up a lot. But who's our favorite? Uh, oh, Lon Kruger. Lon yeah. Kruger. Yeah. Lon Leonard Kruger. Hamilton should not be. He's not a retread coach because he's been at Florida State for. 25 years. Right. Former assistant coach here at Kentucky. But so, he, yeah. well, I guess what I'm saying is lifelong coach, yep. been around, very visible, but never gotten to that upper echelon. Yeah. Um, another reason I think Florida State would make a natural rival with Florida. They already play, uh, excluding Miami, who is a, is a private Catholic school. So Florida, Florida State would be a great in-state rival for them mm-hmm. uh, in the conference, which would be great. I also think there's not a huge current difference between Missouri and Florida State on the football field. So I think that would be a game, and I think it'd be really fun to go tailgate in Tallahassee. Yep. And then the last one, the only drawback that I saw with adding Florida State would be recruiting, because we've had such a pipeline into Florida to now have to recruit against two teams, and then even the proximity to Georgia, Mississippi, Mississippi State. That's the only drawback. But if you told me I could have Missouri or Florida State, I'm taking Florida State. Florida is such a big state. The population is so big. I don't think you have to worry about that because think of how many schools are pulling out of Florida to begin right. with. Right, and, th- and that was my only drawback, but I just wanted to mention that. Kyle? Yeah, so uh, this was um, a tough one for me. I was thinking a lot. Like I said, I, I like the Clemson idea, again, because the football program. Also, the culture-wise is very Southern tradition. Uh, so I thought about that. Florida State, I just can't stand them. I'm from Florida. I can't stand them. We don't them. need your recap. We just want your All right, all right yeah, so <laughs> um, I'm going to go with Virginia so what's Tech. what's happened so far? Vatech. I'm going to go with Vatech. Oh, Blacksburg. Uh, wow. Yeah, okay. right? Yeah, so a little enter Sandman before the games. But, you know Frank uh, Beamer's not there anymore. No, I, I'm aware there's no more Beamer ball. I'm very upset about that. And still. Who's not... the dude that wears the best? <laughs> the basketball coach. 
Well, he just uh, Buzz Williams. Yeah, yeah. Buzz, Buzz Williams. Texas A&M now. Yeah, that's so, what I'm saying. But, He's gone. So yeah. there's no one there. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's 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 still in the south. It's the eastern side. Um, you know, they fit in naturally with the geographic. Although we do skip over North Carolina, um, it's still a sort of region. Again, it's a new market. They used to be good in football. They're having a little bit of downtrodden years these last few. But I think that if they do enter the SEC, I think they actually get a little bit of help recruiting that. You know, kids who can't go to the top tier SEC, but still only part of that conference, they'd get them. Um, so I think that's a good fit. I don't disagree. I do think that that could also affect recruiting a little bit, not to the extent that Florida State would. Um, but, JB, what are you thinking? Well, I, I swung big. I'm going to go with North Carolina. Wow. Um, Breaking up that Duke-UNC rivalry. Which I think is fine. I do, too. Um, there, There's a story on other podcasts about how in the, I guess – Mid '90s, there was an opportunity for Kentucky to leave the SEC and go to the ACC. I'm glad they didn't. Uh, which you could argue back and forth. Maybe strong, another episode. Strong basketball conference at the time, weak football conference. We could, you could make the argument sure. that football has become a lot better in the in the ACC. But I think their UNC's tradition, especially the basketball strong program, uh, okay football program. Though Mac Brown's going to get them back. Yeah, up. he is. I think it just is a really natural fit. Um, I don't think Virginia Tech's on that level. Uh, Clemson's always kind of looked at it as a little brother too. Uh, so we want that. We want that strong state school type place in North Carolina. I think really meets a lot of those uh, um, criteria. I think the UNC UK rivalry in basketball, especially. I think it would even have the potential of superseding the Duke rivalry, especially in the next five to ten years when Kay is going to be gone. I don't know, again, how much Roy has left. But I just really think those two programs, we've always had a big out-of-conference rivalry. I think that would be great. And to your point, kind of what I did with Florida State, UNC's not quite to what Florida State's been historically in football, but currently they're very similar record-wise, how they play, who they play, yep. et cetera. But let's go ahead and so consensus. So we're kicking out Vandy. Yes. Yeah. Ugh. All right. Fine. <clears throat> hey, as long as UNC's not taking fake classes, right? We'll keep Missouri. Actually, because like I said, I like for real though. You know. <laughs> <laughs> um, I met the the Beans up in Missouri. I'm fine. I'll go visit them again next time. And then, so who are we adding? So who we think we should add? Or I think we're are we all very different? Should we put that up as a poll as well? I think so. I don't think we're going to win. Uh, convince anyone. Tonight. So let's put that up, and then next episode we'll let you know who we are going to add since we've already kicked out Vandy. See you guys. Sorry, Vandy. All right, we're going to take a quick break. We will be back, and we will start a new segment. Daddy, sweet money done jacked it up. She's a party all night from South Carolina. A bad mama jamma from down in Alabama. She's a raging. All right, welcome back. And for our closing segments, we do In, mem- in Memoriam. And then our birthdays and anniversaries and closing thoughts. Again, if you have questions, feedback, we kind of want to make it a 60 minutes theme where we read viewer feedback and or give commentary at the end of each episode. So please do that. I know Nick Nicky texted about doing that, but we're counting on you to actually do it this but time. But he, he asked us about it, then he didn't send any questions. Well, I haven't checked the email, so maybe I should do that. <laughs> he, as doing, as so he asked you to send things via text, but then he's going to oh. email you... No, I, but please send in your questions if you have things you want us to discuss or mention, especially if you know we're recording or about when we're recording. If you have a birthday anniversary that you think would be worthwhile, whether it's local or beyond, please do so. 
So we start with in, in memoriam. I don't know why I'm having such a hard time saying that right now. <laughs> but uh, we also only have a week since our last podcast. And fortunately, knock on wood, there, has not, there have not been that many celebrity deaths, if any. So I'm really kind of grasping to even have one to mention this time. But um, Suzanne Wang, who was the original host of House Hunters on oh, wow. uh, TLC, yeah. I guess, or, or is it HGTV? HGTV, one of those, yeah. one of those shows. Um, she she unfortunately passed away, I think, after a long uh, battle with breast cancer. But and she's so, currently she wasn't current. No, I think she was in the early, early episodes of of it. Uh, my in memoriam to start is JB being able to say in memoriam. <laughs> um, I think we can just go ahead and. JB can just say R.I.P. I can't, I can't say that, though. I don't like uh, it. It okay. just doesn't sit well with me. Well, I will say, in memoriam, boys, I hate that I was right last week. Chance poor. So I said last week his confidence is shot. I think it was in memoriam. He is no longer the U.K. starting kicker. He was... The spicy meatballers. Now. Yes. He, uh, Chance was three for seven to for his career. He was one for four the last two weeks. I don't think this week necessarily cost us the game, but it did prevent us from having the opportunity. I was trying to be funny last week in terms – I hate that for the kid. I, I don't like to see – I, I want to see all these collegiate athletes in any sport be successful, so I hate it for him. Hopefully he's only a freshman, a redshirt freshman, so I hope moving forward he'll get some opportunities. Our current kicker – what's his name uh, – I wanted to say James Gandolfini, but I know it's uh, Garofalo. Uh, no, not it's the it's the guy from Ruffalo. Ohio. Ruffalo yeah. from Ohio. Ruffalo. Yeah. Um, he's a junior, yeah, junior, so we'll see how he plays out. Whether he gets this year and next, but I think Chance will get another opportunity at some point. But JB, I kind of called that one. Yep. Here's a something be interesting to talk about. Maybe we can expand on that in another podcast. I have not prepared you for this, so we're kind of violating some of our rules. But hmm. um, I think. Nick Saban is famous for not having a scholarship Correct. kicker on the team, right? Mm-hmm. Nebraska does not have a scholarship kicker on their team right now. Chance was, or I assume he's a scholarship. He is kicker. from South Carolina. Yes. Okay, mm-hmm. so he actually got benched going home. Got it. He's kicking in South Carolina this weekend. So a little controversial. In actually, you just feel more badly for the kid, not controversial, because I think we all agree that he should not be kicking this week. Correct, but right. sorry. But how many? How how many other scholarship? Is the punter a scholarship? I believe I mean, so. Don't know, no. so we'll He's from Australia. Oh yeah. But the my with Alabama, my father-in-law always brings um, this to the limelight. Is that Alabama? They miss kicks all the time. They're just good enough where it doesn't affect them. Our problem is, we need to be able to make these kicks to be competitive. And that's why it was so good. Some of these kickers we've had in the past, Austin McGinnis comes to mind yep. especially. Having that consistent kicker that you know is going to make it is huge. Um, JB, I know we've gone to this spot a bunch of times. But we have a, a, a local in memoriam, especially near and dear to me in Southland. Yep, the location on Southland, I think it was previous, or most recently it was Nash's Restaurant. It's a, in the Lyles Barbecue family of restaurants. Uh, has closed. Uh, that location was uh, Willie's locally owned for for a number sure. of years. Sure. For, 
it was probably the most recent one, but it was been a Trump's the show me's show me's yeah uh, some um, like Surf, beachside yeah. right. Mm-hmm. And what I found fascinating was when they took over, they're like, we are out to prove that this spot is not cursed, and we are going to be successful, and things are going to gr- be great. And we had a text thread, you and I, with a couple other people, and we said, it's not going to happen. There's there's no chance. And they actually quoted the uh, owner on Facebook. He said. It wasn't because of the location. The location is not the problem. It's because of our poor planning. Yeah. So either way, they were not smart about how they went about it. I'm going to go ahead and call that cursed. I'm going to bring up a couple other spots, and we'll go cursed or uncursed on these spots. Well, I think let me just interject real sure. quick. I, getting a restaurant loan must be the easiest business loan to get in the world because My there's goodness. so many failed restaurants, and like I don't understand how they get their funding to do it. And, and we call the vast majority, I, I probably would say 80% of the restaurants that have closed that we have known about in the last, I don't know, five to seven years, you and I have called in some capacity, they're not going to make it. Mm-hmm. I give them six months. Even if it's been pretty decent, there's always an issue or something with that location. So let me throw a couple more at you. The Chevy Chase one, right on that corner there um, oh, on yeah. Euclid, where it's been Buddies, it's been GCB Glencliff. Glen Creek Brewery, yeah. Macho Nacho. Louis is now closed. Yeah. Parking's the big issue. Is it cursed? I think it is. Uh, not was this was before my time, but that whole block, there was an old famous restaurant there called the Saratoga, that I think has a lot of the menu items that Ramsey's has now on it. Was open late. You could get a bologna sandwich at two in the morning. After things like to, that. After you went to uh, the Chevy Chase, Chase Inn. Inn. Yeah. Mm. Uh, so I think tearing down that historic restaurant probably cursed that site. I don't disagree. When I first moved here, it was Buddies. Mm-hmm. I actually went there. One of, one of the first restaurants that I had the privilege of going to met uh, Demarcus Cousin and um, Eric Bledsoe there, and I have a picture with them at Buddies. Went there a couple times. I just feel like that's cursed. Kyle, is it cursed? Uh, yeah, I think you know a lot of it has to do with the parking issues, but yeah, I mean, with how much traffic that gets in that kind of neighborhood for it to not work out, I, th- I definitely think it's cursed. Where will you park there, <laughs> or where do you park there? Uh, it depends if my bike gets hit by a car on the way there or not. Right, there is that speedway <laughs> that you're very, <laughs> very, very likely to get hit. Uh, JB, next one, the North Lime location, which has been the awkward moose, huge ass street craves crumbs. Cursed or not cursed? Apparently, there's a sign that says Crumbs is reappearing there. And I don't understand. Kyle and I had that discussion because, again, that's the way we go to to work. Is it going to be Crumbs again? Did they rebrand? Like, what are they? I don't know what they're doing. Again, showing some history pre the South Limestone revival, as I would call it. So when when basically on South Lime was just Pazos. and two keys, so pre tin roof, pre paddock, pre all of that. Right when the, the um, woodland, or no, I'm sorry, not woodland, uh, over by Linas was yeah. the place to be. But yes, but that where that location right there was a Jersey Mike's. Really? Yeah. Before it was mm-hmm. awkward moose. Exactly. Wow, I did not know that. But I always thought like this is a primary campus intersection. Wouldn't it be great for a bar to be there? They would kill it. And they just they can't figure it out. Yeah. So you think well, it's cursed? I do. It's it's our unemployment. Pr- you need to have the right p- 
people working there. You need to have an attentive staff. They, there's too much going on on campus to re recruit those types of people. Do you think there. it's another one that parking's an issue? I don't because Two Keys has no parking and they're never not busy. Uh, how, let me counterpoint. With Two Keys, though, it's college kids stumbling there, not necessarily having to park. Whereas most of those that we've mentioned, I like your idea of it being more bar-oriented. Most of the ones we've mentioned that have tried to succeed there have been more restaurant. Well, maybe that's the other thing. It's too big, so it has to be a restaurant. It can't just be Fair. a bar. Yeah. Though the Awkward Moose was just a bar. Well, see, I never went there. Yeah. That, that's just what it was when I was there. It wasn't open very long. It was idle for a couple of years. Yeah. And then I think Hugest was the next one, wasn't it? I believe so. Yes. Um, let me touch on... Let's go one more. Near and dear to my heart, JDI. It's where my parents and Lindsay's parents met for the first time. Spent a couple birthdays there. You and I watched Big Blue Madness there. A lot of great things. Loved the, the reincarnated JDI there on Broadway. Um, it was Napa Prime. I think that was the most recent one. There. It was yes. also a rebranding before that. Like So once JDI left, which we all are familiar with, it was the family infighting. Mm-hmm. It was, there was a, a winery. Yeah, that's the one I can't remember the exact from, name. From um, Bardstown. Okay. Yeah. And then it went to Napa Prime, which was based out of... Uh, for sales. For sales. Cursed or not cursed? It's hard to say. So we we have fond memories of JDI. Loved JDI. Oh, yeah. yeah we loved great. it. But like looking back on it, like the, the beer cheese and pita bread was really good. Like uh, oh, yes. the food wasn't blow your mind but no, it was but reliable that's a great way to put it it was reliable it wasn't too expensive it went great they had great beer selection they had great beer selection on craft brews they had some key staff members who we became good friends Absolutely. with who we developed a loyalty to um so you know i to their credit i think ks bar is somewhat filling that niche now JDI wasn't. I don't disagree. Well, and that, there's another thing that that could have been a cursed location too, and well, and KS Bar and Tilted Kilt, Kilt maybe re rehabbing that. I hope so because that, that was Saddle Ridge mm -hmm. uh, District Sport, which Andrew loved. We were never as high on it as he was, but he did love it. It had its. It had Lexington its positives. Brewing Company way back in the day. Yeah, the original. Yeah. And John Hill loves to tell me about that how. That's where that was the original craft brewery in Lexington, even before um, Kentucky Ale. Yep. But they had a great blue cheeseburger. But I, I think you're right. In my opinion, I did not give KS Bar. I, I thought they would not be successful, especially out of season. Right. I went there probably more in the summer than I went at any other point. I think they're doing things right. Um, so I think maybe that location not cursed. And again, I don't think JDI is cursed. I think. The problem with that is rent because they built that multi-million dollar building and mm -hmm. so someone's got to pay for it and it's going to be the tenant because you can't repurpose it. So I think our first two, Chevy Chase and North Lime, cursed, but I don't think uh, JDI and South Broadway. Well, the and the original cursed location is where the Chick-fil-A is now on Richmond Road because it was oh. an Applebee's, yeah. a famous day, The home of the perfect poor. Um, a, a number of different things before that that just couldn't keep going. But I think Southland will help that because Applebee's was there pre-Southland when they were renovating it mm -hmm. and then I don't think Applebee's is necessarily a, a Southland crowd thing. Although, Chick-fil-A isn't open on Sundays when Southland's big, so 
we'll have to well, that's a, that's a, let's a wait and see on that one but I think Chick-fil-A is going to succeed mm-hmm. alright let's move to our birthdays uh, today 925 Lou Dobbs original CNN anchor now on Fox Business Network 74 so how, do you, how do you go from CNN to Fox News that's an Fox Business so he's not even um, Fox News okay um, but he is, I would say, of the conservative leaning. But you can tell he smokes a pack a day. Like, you can tell the hair. <laughs> What's happening? Well, yeah, Lou, yeah, so you can tell good old Lou, even though he's a lifelong smoker, is still kicking at 74. So that's today? Yes. Also today, a power couple in Hollywood, Michael Douglas, 75. Also, Catherine Zeta-Jones, his wife, 50. Both Wait, have birthdays. They share the same birthday? Yes, 25 years apart. Could be his daughter. Yeah, um, I think she is still gorgeous. I think she's a very attractive woman. He actually said the same thing recently that how she still gives him butterflies. Not a huge Michael Douglas fan. He has some iconic movies, but I'm going to go outside the box. My favorite Michael Douglas movie, The Game, 1997, mm-hmm. kind of a drama noir thriller type movie. I like The Game. It's a, a sort of a guilty pleasure. Anyone? Any Michael Douglas movies that anyone else enjoys? Uh, the American President is probably my favorite one. Good one. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we seen the guy on Walsh. Uh, Walsh yeah. yeah. Sleeps. Yeah. yeah. I like that one. And then he was in the reboot one with Shia LaBeouf. Yeah, yes, yeah. he was. So he was Shia LaBeouf's like uh, protege or father in law. Father in law. But uh, Shia LaBeouf was the protege. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And Kyle, you're he a big you're a big movie guy. Any Michael Douglas movies that you think we should know about? Maybe go back and find on Netflix. Uh, like I said, yeah, the game is a big one of mine. Uh, but I think we're forgetting Basic Instinct. Oh yeah, well, that was a classic. Well, that's the Sharon Stone. Yeah. Oh, JB. Cover your ears. He stole my heart. Sharon Stone, Crossing of the Legs. Um, <laughs> Kyle, have you seen? Is that you watch that after Showgirls? Or? Oh yeah, of course, of course. Uh, but, but no, uh, no, no right, I mean, but the explicit. Right, yeah. Kyle in the early to mid nineties, risque, not quite Fa- ex- fatal, <laughs> fatal attraction. Oh, I mean, it's, uh, U- but no, um, USA this, weekends. Right, keep this family friendly though. Also in Ant Man and Ant Man and the Wasp. Oh, oh, so yeah, yeah comic, Kyle's a comic father. book guy. Um, I have seen Ant Man um, with Michael Douglas. JB, you'll find this interesting. So an anniversary today uh, in 1926, Henry Ford implemented the modern day work week and an eight hour five day work week which we all pretty much adhere to you didn't necessarily today but many of us um, I didn't know Henry Ford is known for obviously the assembly line the Model T but I found that really interesting that he was also the one that kind of um, got America to adhere to this what we consider an, an average American work week did you know yeah, that I did well, oh. and that was to prevent unionizing, too. Absolutely, yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, also something today, not as huge, but Lou Gehrig played in his 15th 100 consecutive game. We know he went on to be the Iron Man, Lou Gehrig. 2,130 games. Uh, Cal Ripken obviously broke that in 1995, and he went on to be 2,632. Very, very impressive. I don't think that's one that's going to be touched. But, boys... What sport feat do you think is the most unbreakable? So what is no one going to top ever? Kyle? Ooh, there's a lot of good ones out there. Uh, I guess I'm going to go football and go Brett Favre's 297 starts. At, at court, not consecutive? No consecutive starts. That's pretty 297 impressive. consecutive starts. Do you know who's second? 
Uh, I believe the current leader right now is Eli Manning. I, no, no, really? now he's gone now because no, he didn't start. Yeah, yeah, yeah so that broke. So that's yeah. over. So, so I'm not sure who the current person is, but yeah, because it was him till the other day. So 297. So I think you have to go with Cal Ripken. Well, that's what we're saying. Like based off of Cal Ripken. Oh, so I thought we were basing off Lou Gehrig. Well, no, Cal Ripken already beat Lou Gehrig. So Cal Ripkins, we think, is insurmountable. Stay with us, JB. JB's he's tired. He's had a long day. My man was in Atlanta's airport for eight hours. So other than Cal, and now other than Brett Favre, what do you think is a sports feat that's going to be really hard to top? I think um, Jack Nichols in golf with 18 majors. I mean, with Tiger with having so many back surgeries, I know he's two away. I mean, looking at how he played this year, I think only the Masters, if he wins it twice, he could tie him, and if he wins it a third time. I think that's literally Tiger's only mass, only chance of... Uh, so, there is an outside chance. There is, but, there is. But staying with golf, Byron Nelson, this is obviously way long time ago, he actually won 11 consecutive PGA events. I, I read Tiger, the most he ever had in his prime from 99 to 2000 was 7. So, with... The technology within the equipment and the clubs and the, how good these athletes are and them sitting out weeks and all of these things, I don't know if we'll ever see someone win 11 weeks, which essentially is three months, these summer months, someone win a, a PGA tournament. That wasn't my first one, though. Yeah. Um, I'm going to throw it back to JB here because we're big baseball guys. Cy Young, his 511 wins. Um, again, this is when he was throwing every other day. He also is the career leader in losses. Yeah. But 94 wins is the next closest to him. Wow. I read something incredible. It was something like you'd have to average 25 wins for 25 years, 25 wins for 20 years to even get close. Wow. So I'm going to go ahead and say Cy Young's 511 wins. Do you have one? I do. So Cal I Ripken? It, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I don't. I don't know the number right now, but uh, Nebraska's home football oh, consecutive yeah. sellout. We're over 300 now. So and it's still and, going. Yeah. It's still oh, going. and you got game day with Ohio State this week. Yeah. So, so that's my easy one. How right. many? You said, three, you said 300? Is that what you just said, JB? 300 consecutive something sellouts. Lord. JB, how many home games have you been to in Nebraska? Uh, they're at three. They're at three hundred seventy right now. Wow, so they're, that's um, very impressive. I hard to hard to know. I've never gone back and counted, but I'd say since starting at ten through twenty three, it okay. was you know your seven games a season. So wow, yeah, quite a few. But now I have season tickets to Kentucky, so that's where I am. You got it. Well, your game streak for that one's not too, well. I guess yeah. we're not doing game streak, but right. been to a handful. Yeah. Uh, let's go tomorrow. Um, this is interesting. I'm a big history guy. Again, I teach social studies to my fifth graders. So I think we all know how the Hollywood sign originated. It was a, um, a, um, a suburb of Los Angeles that was Hollywood land. Mm-hmm. And the original sign eventually toppled. It became Hollywood. So in 19- the land fell off. Correct. It, uh, yeah, it, because of where it was engineered on the like, yeah. So it became Hollywood. So in 1949, they replaced the old Hollywood land sign with just Hollywood, which it's currently, that's what we see. So that's the current sign that they put up uh, 70 years ago in 1949. Got me thinking, what are some of the most iconic signs that you've either seen or that you think about around the United States? 
Well, the first one would have to be the Las Vegas sign that everyone has their picture yeah. taken by. Yeah, true. Which I've never... Welcome to fabulous Las Vegas. I've never, like, figured out where that really is. Does it even exist? It does. Somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's also... They also have the smoking cowboy, or the cowboy that's telling you which way to go. Circus Circus? No. No, no, no like, no, outside, cowboy. telling you which way to go. Right. So... Any other signs? I got a few here, but if someone's got one. I do one. Uh, so my dad uh, is, was born in Rhode Island, so they have the big blue uh, pest control, the one that was in Dumb and Dumber drive through Oh, yeah, in yeah, the movie, yeah. In the Dumb beginning. and Dumber, yeah, that's so right. So they, they renovate it every year, so now it's the big blue bug solutions. It's, <laughs> it, technically, it's in Providence, Rhode Island, but yeah, so that would okay. be in multiple. Uh, actually, tell them about the moves, but yeah. I think that so was the Sitco uh, sign in the Red Sox Yes, yes, yes. yes. Yep. Over the green on top of the green, yep. yeah, absolutely. Oh, yeah, yeah. Really famous because I don't ever see sit goes anywhere. Nope. And then do they even still do they just a, leave the sign that like they all blow? It's a northeastern north thing. Okay. Yeah. And then that huge Amico sign into St. Louis when you yes yeah oh huge yeah. you know what I'm talking yes, about yes right yeah. by Kings Highway yeah or no I'm sorry yeah. not Kings Highway off um, Kings Highway yes yeah. Um, absolutely going going out of St. Louis into Missouri, not because we're not going for an SEC game, though, because we, we kicked them out. No, I kicked them out. You guys skipped them. Um, I'm going to go with New York. There's two iconic signs that I think – Connor mentioned it last week. We love Seinfeld. The restaurant sign oh, yeah. from yeah. Seinfeld. I don't know the name of the actual – Right, it's monks on Seinfeld, but in real life, I don't know the name of it. I thought it's Bob's or monks. So like one monks? is Bob's. Okay, and then so in monks, oh, it's yeah. in Seinfeld, it's monks. So then Bob's in real yeah. life, very close to Central Park. I've been to New York multiple times. I've not made my way there. I need to do that. It's a bucket list kind of thing. But one I have seen um, is the iconic NBC sign, the Rainbow Room yeah. observation deck when they show Saturday Night Live, yeah. Thirty Rock. Uh, that's another one that I thought of that's very iconic that you th- when you think of United States h- history, those are some. I think the the front of the Macy's building, it says Absolutely. Macy's Absolutely. on yeah. it, yeah. you see yeah. it on the Thanksgiving. Yeah. Or even the Radio City Music Hall um, yeah. is, is also another sign that everybody's familiar with and stuff that you always see in that New York skyline. So, so New York in general. Yeah. Great uh, signs. Uh, birthday tomorrow, uh, Serena Williams turns 37. So this got me thinking, most successful sibling athletes, because obviously Serena and Venus, Venus a little bit older. I don't know if she's quite 40 yet. Obviously, they've been very successful. JB, your favorite or most successful sibling athletes? First one, following with the tennis team, the Bryan brothers come to mind. Yeah. Uh, great doubles team. I think they're still out there kicking, so that's a great one that comes to mind. Uh, I'll. I've got a few, but I've they've kind of I've kind of lost them for now. If you, some others want to chime in. I think for me, my mom being from New Orleans, she was a huge Archie Manning fan growing up. His boys, you might have heard of them, Peyton and Eli. They've done a little bit in the NFL, so they've been pretty successful. Um, I think the Mannings, having won multiple Super Bowls, are a huge um, athletic type family. Going a little international now that our podcast has gone international. Uh, the Gasol brothers. Uh, Paul Gasol and Marc Gasol, both also NBA champions. Mark got it this year with the Raptors. So those are my two big ones. And then I'll go another one that I think JB will really like, but I'll give everyone a chance before I close with it. Uh, yeah, uh, right here I have um, for hockey, um, well, three out of the four uh, Stahl brothers. 
um, are ones yeah. that I've said. Uh, Eric, Mark, and Jordan, who are all still currently play um, in the NHL as we speak. Jared, unfortunately, sorry, dude, he's playing AAA ice <laughs> hockey. But, I mean, three out of four is pretty good. You know, it's definitely yeah. a high percentage. Uh, I'm not a, quite sure. I think one or two of them might have won uh, some NHL yeah, Stanley Cups. Yeah, uh, with the, the – one, one, one with the – Penguins. Uh, Penguins and then one one with the Hurricanes. Hurricanes, yes, yeah, yeah. So, so I think they do have at least two in the family, which is yeah. impressive. Yeah, yeah. Kyle and I have zero in anything. So, uh, I, Kentucky tie. So, you got the Harbaugh's. Uh, so, you have two football coaches. Their sister's married to Tom Crean. Yeah. Which, um, which is right. hilarious to me. Can you imagine, like, that family Thanksgiving? I just imagine the Harbaugh brothers being like, come here, Tommy. Come here, Tommy. And just Tom Crean just getting razzed. Like, just. And their dad was uh, a coach at Western Kentucky. At, I did not know yeah. that. Kyle? Well, I'm gonna. Oh, I was gonna one up your Kentucky tie real quick. Okay, Harrison twins, Ooh. which I know they're not a top necessarily, but for us here in the Bluegrass, Harrison twins are probably the best duo in terms of siblings that we've had at the University of Kentucky. And I actually have a Kentucky grad as a friend who was having twins, and she briefly considered naming them after uh, them, but one was a girl, so she quickly got off that. She could name her Aaron with the E. Yeah, so. that, you could definitely do that. But, uh, no, so my... Andrina. Right, that, that is true. I should contact her now and have her get those names <laughs> twitched around. Switch it up. Um, but, no, um, my twin... Well, not twins, brothers. I don't know. There might be twins. I'm not really sure, because I always forget about the one. Tiki and Rondé Barber. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, so I always forget about Rondé. I always remember Tiki. Um... <laughs> But they do have children's books now. Um, they wrote them together? Yeah, they wrote them together and stuff. They have one called Game We're Time. We're not doing that. <laughs> I'm not writing a children's book with Kyle. I know what Christmas is, I'm going Joe. <laughs> Aww. Uh, Anyone else? Well, I, I got my closer. And, JB, you're really going to like this. So I went one male, one female siblings, Reggie and Cheryl Miller, which Ooh. actually, if you really look back at basketball history – Cheryl was better in her sport than Reggie was in him, both from UCLA. Uh, I just thought that was a fun one in terms of it was a male and female. But that was my last one when I was thinking about siblings. JB, Friday, what birthdays do we have? Well, going back to tomorrow, Beto O'Rourke, presidential candidate, is tomorrow. And then on Friday, it's Gwyneth Paltrow. Oh, not a big fan. You're not? I just feel like she... <laughs> what she lose within 10 days? I just feel like she kind of comes off as kind of, um, yeah, just not the person I want to hang around with. The B word? Yeah, well, yeah. You said it, not me. I do like Chris Martin. I did see Coldplay one time. One of the worst concerts I've ever seen, though. In Tampa. Really? In Tampa. It was terrible. Hmm. It was a, it was a, re, a, a show that they redid. Uh, uh, he was sick the original time through. I had some tickets, and I went up to it in Tampa, and... It just they didn't want to be there. It just they kind of half-assed it. But she's going to be on a new HBO show called The Politician. I won't watch. It has kind of a ensemble cast. Bette Midler is going oh, to be in it too. From so, a distance, yeah. the world looks blue. Okay. Uh, <laughs> anything else for Friday? Yes. Avril Lavigne. Uh-huh. So she's only thirty-four. I would have thought she was like forty. Avril Lavigne's only thirty-four. Obviously complicated. She's skater Canadian, boy. Skater, yeah. skater boy with the eight, skate, mm-hmm. or it's her boy. Canadian musicians, who's your favorite, Connor? Canadian. Uh, I mean, Drake, man. Where's <laughs> he Drake, baby? Yeah, you can't You got to throw him in there, you know. I, well, uh, he teeter-totters with a lot of teams, but, you know, he was with us for a while. I understand. Bit. Brian Adams. Oh, I love Brian. So I'm at the Opera House. He's 
He was my number one Canadian. Well, my solo artist Canadian musician. He was my number one. I have to go honest more set. I was actually on the rock band leaderboards for, uh, <laughs> yeah, top 25 score on Rockin' Tomorrow. Circa 2006. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Did this song go out to Dave Coulier? <laughs> Uh, I, you ought to know. I'm actually, I might have one more. I believe the bare naked ladies. Whoa, they are. Okay. Yes. Don't take my number one. Oh my oh my shit. Sorry. That was in college. That so much for our prep. <laughs> yeah. No one told me this. So, so that's my number one. Funny story. In college, my freshman year, my roommate, we had a three CD disc changer because we were really cool, and we would play old school Nintendo, and we each got to pick a CD, and then we just had a. Another one that rotated. Mine was Bare Naked Ladies. His was Pearl Jam. We went to oh each other's gosh. concerts our freshman year. We both ended up loving each other's band. I became a huge Pearl Jam fan. He became a huge Bare Naked Ladies fan. I love the Bare Naked Ladies. They were they're absolutely without a doubt my favorite Canadian musician. Do you have, an, you have another one? Because you got real upset with Connor with the Bare Naked Ladies. No, because why well, I, I gave you my choice, but Bare Naked Ladies I was going to come circle back for that. So can I mention one more? Sure. So Nelly Furtado, remember her? I got a good story on <laughs> JB. So, freshman year of college, Nelly oh, Furtado, this is when she just became something. <coughs> I'm a like a bird. And so I was good friends with one of the front desk workers at my residence hall, became good friends with all her girlfriends, and they were like, Joe, we're going to this concert this weekend. Nelly Furtado, do you want to go? I was like, how much are tickets? She's like, they're like 12 bucks. I'm like, absolutely, I'll go. We go down to the concert. Nelly Furtado comes on. We're It's standing room only. It's not like it's seats. It's in this small venue because she's not anything big yet. Plays I'm Like a Bird to start. Everyone's going crazy, whatever. Huge lull because she only had one album. <laughs> she played about eight to ten more songs. Everyone's just kind of like, eh, we're not into this. She plays I'm Like a Bird again. <laughs> Looks at me because I'm in the middle of all of these women. There's probably five guys there total. She just kind of looks at me. We kind of make eyes. She winks at me. Okay, people think that maybe that didn't happen. Everyone that I was with confirmed it. So she winks at me. Concert ends after her, obviously, finale of I'm Like a Bird for the second time. Thought she would have came out for the encore. She didn't. So my friends are like, well, let's wait, and let's try to meet her after the show. And I was like... I guess. And they were my ride. So I was kind of like, I guess I'm waiting for Nelly Furtado. So we're hanging out there. Like, the, the people that run, like, the the crew, it's changed, everything's happening. We're there 30 minutes. I'm like, listen, I'm just going to get a cab back. This is before Uber and Lyft. So I get a cab back. <laughs> the next day, I think this is a Friday night. The next day, my friends are like, you'll never believe what happened. And I'm like, what? And they're like, we met Nelly Furtado. She took us out. We went out. We had the VIP treatment. All of a sudden, I'm like, you guys are lying to me. And they're like, no, we're absolutely serious. And this is before we had instant, like, you could take pictures. So they get the photos developed. They have all these pictures. They're with the band. They're taking shots. Nelly Furtado's in the thick of it. And I'm just like, what did I do? So I could have met Nelly Furtado probably 20 years ago. But real missed opportunity. Yeah, it's one of those stories that you might not believe it, but it did happen in St. Louis. All right, we're uh, we're getting long here, so let's wrap things up if that's okay with everyone. So just forward, looking forward to some birthdays coming up over the next week, just because we won't be back next week. Uh, Saturday, Frankie Jonas, the bonus Jonas. Oh, 
<laughs> I'm a huge Jonas Brothers fan. He's not one of my favorites. No, he's not even in the band. But uh, and then we've got uh, on Sunday Kevin Durant. Oh, Durant! Yeah. He'll probably tweet himself a happy birthday message. Yeah, he might. Monday T Pain. We love that. T Pain. Yeah. T-Pain. Then we're kind of skewing older. Uh, Julie Andrews. Oh, you yeah. know, Sound of from, Music. Yeah, Sound of Music. Mary Poppins, The Princess Diaries. Good career. Yep. Next. 10-2, Gandhi, R.I.P. <laughs> yeah, a long time ago. <laughs> Shout out October 3rd, so in memoriam? Gwen Stefani. Oh, Mrs. Yep. Blake Shelton. Yeah, I don't know that well, quite officially yet. Bethrows. 10-4, Dakota Johnson from the, um, those whipping, she, Don Johnson's daughter. F- Fifty Griffin Shades and of Grey? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Even, never seen it. And then 10-5, the founder of McDonald's, Ray Kroc. Well yeah. disputed founder of McDonald's. Right, Michael King played him in the movie. That's a good movie. The founder, the yeah, the founder. It's, it's, a, it's a good movie. Uh, my last anniversary this weekend. I mentioned it last week. Mirror Twin does turn three this weekend. One of my favorite breweries. They have a bunch of special tappings, can releases, live music. Um, a beer I'm looking forward to is Tripping Fruits, a New England IPA. So JB won't get behind it with mango, lime, tangerine, pineapple. They got a bunch of sours coming out. But I will probably make my way over to that area of town to try some of those. JB, closing thoughts? I'm going to go ahead and defer to you for the closing thoughts. Um, As I mentioned last episode, I went with Bo to Perryville. We went to the museums. Yes, we went to... I was there too. Bo and I went (laughs) to Perryville. (laughs) And Kyle rode... Kyle went with us. No, we had a great time. So we took Bo there. The museum was... The people were very nice. Um, it was a really nice time. If you've never been, go out and see it. We came back on our way back through Harrodsburg. We went to the old bus station. We had some burgers. Kyle had a shake. Um, each of our bills was less than 10 bucks. Really good down-home cooking. It was just one of those that hidden gems. We didn't know. We had tried to go to another place first, ended up there. It was a great experience. We had a really good time. Bo really enjoyed it. So just my closing thoughts is there's just so much to see in Kentucky where most of us are transplants. Get out there, see what's around. Uh, this weekend I know there's a chicken festival in Corbin. Casey County there's an apple festival. A couple things I considered. I'm actually probably going Saturday up to Maiden <coughs> City Brewing. Um, past Scott County, I'll pass uh, Country Boy up there. But I love living in Kentucky. It's really the best. Yeah, I was fortunate to get to go. Was, was in San Antonio, got to see the Alamo again. Uh, again, very historical. Great that we have those types of things in our country that we can look at and see. So again, if you have some uh, some historical places around Kentucky that you want us to check out or that you would suggest, please hit us up on our social media. Again, it's Lex Get To It Pod on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and at Gmail. So, JB, next time I see you, uh, let's get to it. Let's get to it. Be back in probably two weeks. Thanks for listening. Cheers. And this is my time. Yeah, this is my time.